You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. In a change of plan, Sitok. Mm-hmm. A change of plan. We were going to review. What were we going to review first? Don't remember the name of it. It was a movie called Guns Akimbo. Did these people know this, or does it even matter? They knew this, yes, because mm, okay. I mentioned it last week. Oh, okay. So, in a change of plan, we were going to review the Daniel Radcliffe movie Guns Akimbo, which we got a digital code to review for. But just before the movie started, our internet went down. Digital codes are useless when you have no internet. Correct. A lot of things are useless when there's no internet. And I'm not a Luddite by any means. I love my technology, but holy shit, that's annoying. So in a change of plan, I changed the movie to one that was on a disc. I love discs. (laughs) It's always been my thing. Movies on discs. Please don't. Please don't do away with movies on disc because oh, they will. Ins- they will because they're expensive and they cost a lot of money to transport and blah blah blah. And so there will come a time. There'll come a time, and then the internet will go off. The be the end of the world, and nobody will ever watch a movie again. <laughs> well, you keep the players, keep the discs that you do have, <laughs> and then you'll have endless supply of repetitive entertainment. Yes, that was the before the after the show, before the movie, before the after the show segment. Yes. Was so, you kind of freaking out like, oh, and then we waited to the last minute. And then what happened? We were 10 minutes into the movie. The internet came back on, but we stuck with this one. You know why? And I'm going to spoiler. It was really good. <laughs> yeah. So um, the it is Saturday, 27th of June. It is the Saturday without the internet for a while. For a little while. Oh, my God. The tragedy of it all. Uh, this is after the show number 640. And the movie we're looking at this week is Light of My Life. It's a 2019 movie. It's uh, out on Blu-ray now. It's rated R for some violence. And Paramount, our friends over there, sent us a copy for review. Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of Light of My Life. Hmm. This is a tough one because you and I knew nothing at all. And that made it so much better. That's just the truth. We both... I mean, I think you less than me, but I love sitting down to a movie that I ha- I don't even know what it I don't even know what it is. I have no clue, don't know the name of it. It just starts playing and then I'm just I'm in, right? So by telling people about it, I guess if you don't want to know about it, go watch it. I've already told you. I liked it. Yes. <laughs> Which is very valuable information, of course. Um and then come back and listen, but the story is essentially, I mean, there's a layer of social commentary that's, you know, 80% of the movie. But at the very surface, it's a father defending his child in a world, we're going to say, it's not post-apocalyptic, but it's post-pandemic, pandemic, but not like coronavirus pandemic, which is bad, but this is like the kind of pandemic that killed half the world's population. All right, I'll read you the back. This is... Oh, my synopsis wasn't quite on target. <laughs> well, this this one will, this one will also be spoiler ridden. So, okay, here we go. Oscar winner Casey Affleck delivers a superb performance. A decade after a plague has wiped out, oh, a plague it says it. A decade after a plague mm-hmm. has wiped out nearly all of the world's female population, a father and daughter live on the outskirts of what's left of civilization. Disguising his daughter as a boy, the father struggles to protect her from threats as they are forced from their home into dangerous territory. Prepared to defend his daughter at all costs, their bond and the character of humanity is tested. Light of My Life is an edge-of-your-seat suspense thriller which critics were hailing as truly breathtaking. Were they, though? Because you also read about other people's opinion of this movie. I don't know... It's going to be a niche group who love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, 
All right. So, um, light of my life is, you know, it's not, um, actually a- the comment on the box on the picture you have of the box it says her world is a deadly place. That is sort of an edited version of, uh, one of the phrases that women's groups or whatever use is that, you know, it is dangerous in this world to be a woman. Right. And that is the big social commentary that's layered in there, but it's not like you, you might have to dig to find it. You yeah. know, you might just be like, oh, this is just a guy defending his kid. That's cool. But so, actually, it's a little bit deeper than that. So it's um, it's kind of like it's even though it's a p- Paramount, you know, major release type, type movie, it's more of like an indie movie. Oh, something, totally. Something like Lionsgate that would put out. In fact, I was like, this isn't a Lionsgate movie yet. I had to look twice at the box. So if you like, you know, the smaller, more dramatic, it's more about the acting and the drama than the special. There is no special effects in this movie, right? Um, There's probably stuff we don't know. Or maybe some extensions or something. Yeah. Um, And maybe, I don't know. I mean, it's not, it's not a movie full of zombies and it's not a movie. At first, because I didn't know anything about it and the way it is set up, I kept thinking something was going to come shambling out of the bushes. I mean, too, actually, in the very beginning. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is Walking Dead kind of thing, right? Uh, And then I was like, oh, is it? And then in my mind, I was like, I don't know anything about this. I didn't even read that front cover. So I was like, hmm, okay, so nothing's come shambling out of the bushes. Is this actually just a survival story? They just Does it make you like it? more in the process or do you feel discombobulated while you're watching it not having been told ahead of time i i kind of liked not knowing what was because i didn't i was like okay so maybe the bad there's going to be something bad because it generally is in this type of (laughs) movie so maybe the bad is just people when you first meet them they're just camping yeah you think they're just camping yeah you actually don't even think about but then she asked that one question and you're like what yeah what? Oh yeah, crap! Then, oh crap! What's happening? And then it unfolds slowly, and you don't even know about the the women dying until she looks at her newspaper mm-hmm. uh, headline. Well, no, before that, because we see all the flashbacks and the news story on the TV with the wife. Oh yeah, and then true. We know that part, but it unfolds kind of slowly, like the what is really the situation and how hardcore it's going to be. Like you know. And then they go into like a town and the town's kind of operating in a way. And, you know, it's not like the world's completely abandoned. There are pockets of people and, but it's very dangerous because of the people, right? It's more mm-hmm. of the, um, like we just because of bad people. So when I can imagine that when you go to read your one star reviews, you're going to find this man hater, <laughs> man hating movie. You know what I mean? Because it's about the threat that a young female girl would have in a world where there have been no women for 10 years. Well, essentially, there's very there's so few of them that we are told at different points in the movie, you know, well, well we keep all the women in a bunker. Well, put it this way. <laughs> like, the girl they're herself, locked in a bunker, basically. The girl herself has never seen another woman. Correct. Or woman or child. I mean, she's seen a... No, she's some never boys. Seen. She saw some boys in a barn, they yeah. said, but... That was it. So that's how different it is. And I like the I liked some of the ideas in the movie. I like that they found this house and they were looking through it and she found girls' clothes and she naturally put on girls' clothes and went to a dad. No, I wouldn't say naturally. I think that for I mean, this, she wanted to for wear this particular clothes. person, her personality is like she is drawn to yeah, it. That's what I'm saying. Not everybody would be. No, but she is She's never been given the chance to be a girl because she has to pretend to be a boy all the time. So her her personality shows through that she doesn't want to pretend to be a boy all the time. It's just necessary. But then the thing about is this a man-hating movie is like, why is there such a threat? Because men, in this as portrayed, the few bad men, well, they're... What do they think? They're kidnapping or gathering up whatever females they can find. And for what purpose? Yeah, it's not really. (laughs) It's not for like, you know, to have them have a nice, treat them nice and, you know. I mean. It's not good. It doesn't sound good. We don't, we see nothing. We see no treatment of any women whatsoever. At all. Just the hints of what's really going on. And there are good people left. There are good people left. It's just. 
the overriding threat of her being female is like all that matters to him. And you get that vibe through the entire movie. Like I was hopeless from the beginning. I felt hopeless. Yeah. Um, I felt hopeless and I was assuming any second now something that's going to eat you is going to come out of a bush. All the like, Oh, I didn't think that. I meant people are, it's hopeless that people would ever be good. Yeah, and now whenever you bump <laughs> overall, into, I mean, big picture. Whenever you bump into people in this movie, you, um, as a human personally, I was wary of everybody. Absolutely, just because I know the situation, and then I'm like, surely these people can't be good because I've seen this type of thing go down before. But then sometimes in this movie, there are some good people. Yep. That's what I just said. There are good people, but seems very few and far between. Yeah, but I mean, genuinely, like, good people who think you're a bad person, i.e. Casey Affleck's Yeah, true. So it's... it's But then there's also the quote-unquote good person also has an agenda, because he's bringing the God thing into it. So, like, if you surrender yourself to this idea that I'm giving you because you're in my house, then you'll be fine. So that's another force pushing against this guy you know this like everything's pushing against him but it's a really interesting script slash story because you know Casey Affleck doesn't really he's just on his own kind of journey he doesn't really respond to anything he's not like a gullible idiot or a you know oh god seems like you know he's not that's a good idea (laughs) yeah like you know the character himself is very He's just focused on protecting her. I think he's afraid. I mean, that's the bottom line, isn't it? Yeah, and like I say, this movie is, you know, it's it's mostly a drama. There's a lot of dialogue, and it's very, like, interesting. And I like the character development between him and his daughter. There's a lot of humor, because I laughed a lot. Yeah, it is quite... And then I felt like, I shouldn't be laughing. It's like natural, like, kid-father relationship stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. when he he gives her a speech about... The birds and the bees, basically. Yeah, and he 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 basically read a book to how to how to be a better parent, and he he was almost regurgitating the book like straight like all the. Oh, facts. I didn't pick that up at all. Okay, you explain it then. No, I'm saying I didn't pick up that he got out of a book at all. I just well, it felt showed like- you him reading the book, like just the scene before it. They went to a library. He picked up a book that said how to parent a teenage daughter, and then the next scene is him giving her this speech. Oh right! Well, I didn't put together that he copied it out of the book. But. Well, I think he just he just ingested what the book said, mm. and it, it came out in his own words. But it was very um, it wasn't like when a mother would deliver it. It was <laughs> it was very textbook. It was like like he was reading an um, engine repair manual. Oh, she, I disagree completely. But and, and then she was like, uh, not, it wasn't quite that dry. Well, you know what I'm saying. It, it, kind it, of, but not It exactly. was manly, not female. And that's the idea of the thing, because one thing that he is missing is a female perspective. And, you know, he had a wife before this who would have been the mother of this child. And then the child would have had both sides of the story to, you know, draw upon. But now this child has to pretend to be a boy and is only parented by a dad, right? So he can't. He can't really deal with the girl's side of it, can he? Like, he doesn't understand it. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I don't think that at all. I think he's just... he He's got no I, we input. We watched two different movies. Well, no, I mean, he's got no other input. Not just no female input. He's got nothing. There's no world left. There's no more anything. He can't call his parents. He can't call his friend. He can't... No, I'm, I'm not... Uh, I guess that's not what right, I mean. Right, so I don't think it's about him being terrified about telling her about being a female... I think he just has nothing. And no, I, that's what I mean. He doesn't have it in his yeah, it's, mind. It's, it's, dis, it's not connected to her being a girl. The only information he has is what he read from the book. Right. He's a grown man, though. He understands things. And he lived a life before this all happened. I so guess he looked he like he was about 30 or... He understands things, but he doesn't understand how to convey them to a young person. He's also has to be very careful because she's extremely smart and she's going to ask every single question and that's what that I said to you. possibly ask and he just you know he, he wants to be prepared for every answer or not to have any questions at the end of the speech i said to you he said it in that way thoroughly 
So there was no question coming <laughs> hopefully. back. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. Like, hopefully I covered every single thing there because he did. Apart from, like... I mean, not really. Well, I mean, this, the sexual side of it, he kind of glossed over. Like, he just said, they lie together in a special way. So there was not... She could have come back with the, what's the special way, right? But Correct. Um, there's a lot of conversations like that which turn out to be funny as well. Where he's, I mean, it starts with him telling her a story. In the yeah, camp, the story's right? really good. And the story's really, it's quite long. Like it's a, you know. Yeah, I loved it. I was like, oh, I don't want the story to be over. That's the thing where, you know, people in the shitty reviews of this movie say like they can't handle the pace of it. What's but, happening to humanity? Yeah, that's oh because God. this movie will take 15 minutes with two characters just telling a story to each other. And if you can't handle that, <laughs> then... Maybe they sent a movie for you, but it's not an action movie. Even though, in the last 15 minutes, there's, there's a lot a of action. a bit of action, yeah. And you know what? That action was some of the best fighting I've ever seen in a movie. It was intense. It. it I said to you, it was one of the things. It felt like it wasn't... It felt like they just said, fight each other. Fight each other in this enclosed space, and then we'll go with what comes and out. And let's not forget, Affleck is the... Uh, director and the writer and he's starring in it. So whatever he would have said to that guy yeah, when they got started because neither of them seemed to be holding back at all. It seemed pretty intense. Yeah. And the you know, the part where he fell out of the loft hole into the... Yeah, Yeah. it looked like he really fell out of it. I mean, it just looked intense. When you watch something like I know Jason Bourne is a good example. They have really good fighting, but you can tell it's it's a choreography. It's like they've designed it, like, you know, sure. the camera goes through the wall and then they fight a bit more, but it feels kind of real. This just feels like there's a fight and a man's pointing a camera and trying his best to keep it on, in the Atomic frame. Blonde had part of one fight that seemed pretty carnal. Yeah. But uh, this one was this one was kind of crazy. Carnal, is that the right word? Primal? One of those. Carnal or primal? They're primal. kind of the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Yeah, this is does have some action and it is, but it's not that kind of movie. The front cover might make you believe it's some kind of adventure kind of um, survival. Survival. There's some blood on the snow that I've only just noticed. You see that? Mm-hmm. Um, that might make you think it's a horror film, maybe. Which, you know, define horror. Yeah, but it is more of a, you know, it's more of a like survival story but it's not focused on action or anything like that it's more of feels like an independent kind of movie you could also say it feels also like without it being this so this isn't it <laughs> but i got the origin story of like a person she's not a superhero but the origin story of this young girl now and her coming of age through this particular experience on her whole life, obviously, but this one moment where she just realizes, holy shit, you know, I can't yeah. have my dad protecting me my whole life. And these fuckers, <laughs> there's your F word for you. Um, I'm going to be more prepared. True. Because she ends up being, you know, kind of like barely able to take care of them in the end. But I think it felt like that was sort of like, dun, dun. Oh crap, this is me growing up kind of feeling. Yeah, and she does take on some things of her own. Because at the very end there, mm-hmm. she. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. She find it. She learns something herself. And, yeah, it's not just about dad taking care of her forever, but that she's figuring out what am I? Like. Yeah, because. It's complex, that's for sure. I yeah. like it. And uh, I like the script. I thought it was really, there's some really charming stuff between them. You can always tell when Casey Affleck's character is like being very fatherly. He's like, no. Yeah, he's very stern. Yeah, like, I I know how dangerous this place is. You have to do what I say. And he always like, when they arrive at a new place, he always arranges an escape route and makes sure she knows exactly what, if it all goes down, you... Get out here, go down there, and run to the tree line. You know, he, there's no, he never leaves anything to chance. Exactly. When those, when those dudes just turned up Ugh. and they're like, "Hey, good, can grief. we come in and get warm?" And I was like, "Oh." And then 
The fuckers just come in. Here's the thing. Don't go to a house. No, well, she even told him that. In a post-pandemic. No, she wanted to stay in the house. Oh, he no, didn't. he told her that. Yeah. He, he said that, that it's not, you know, you don't want to be in a house because everybody else wants to be in a house. Or they know to come there to look for people, yeah. to look for whatever. And yeah, it's, it was terrifying. I was, act- I don't get scared at horror movies, which I love my horror movies. I love my zombie movies, but nothing like makes me feel inside like that i don't know what it is a little knot of terror like and then thinking about that situation yes it's fiction but in recent months in the world and the behavior of different people the reactions of governments and people and all all of us it's so plausible <laughs> and you can roll your eyes and go oh my god of course it's not plausible that this would happen well I disagree with you. I think it's totally plausible that all of society could fall apart on on the anything and say that all women are gone except for a few girls. Yeah. I mean, think about that and think about, you know, our current pandemic that's happening. It is making a lot of people sick and people are dying from it. It's not a death sentence and it doesn't seem to be only affecting one single group of people. But imagine if it was only men dying and they all died from it. Right. That was it. As soon as you got it, that was it. You're done. And it's only men. What's the, you know, the prognosis for humanity would be difficult (laughs) because women even were not above acting like heathens. You know what I mean? Like, I think it would get very ugly. And that's what terrified me. And then this feeling of hopelessness. I said, one of our pee bricks. I said, he doesn't have a lot of options, right? You could kill the daughter so that she never has to suffer. Yep. Right? You could just be the one who decides this. I'm not going to let my daughter grow up in this world. I can't. Like, I can't. Because I won't always be here to protect her. So, you know, I'm going to end her life. So you have that option. It's not a good option. I'm just saying that's one. Or kill yourself because you're like, fuck, I can't take it. I don't want to have to worry about this anymore. I'll just leave her on her own also a bad option, or just live in utter terror every second of every day. because Not only because you want to protect this person, but you're protecting her from people that, the way it's presented, that cannot be reasoned with. And this father has a very different attitude, it seems, throughout the movie, too. Did you notice? He's nonviolent. He doesn't doesn't, like guns. He doesn't want to show her that. Yeah, even when they procure the van, he just says to the guy, look, I'm just taking the van and you're not going to fight me. And that's just the way it is. Like, it just is. And the guy's like, what? (laughs) He's like, seriously, I'm just going to take it. And and he's real, like, apologetic about it. So you get this feeling like he doesn't want to unleash something. Well, even when she asked him a question near the beginning, what's the difference between this and this? Mm Mm-hmm. And he gives an example of, well, if you were going to kill yeah. somebody. And then he goes, I don't know why I give that, because it's a bit violent. Right. But then you're like, ah. So it's he's inside. got, he's prepared. <laughs> yeah. He knows if you unleash it, and that's what we see, is that you're, he's going to fight you until one of you's dead. So that was interesting. Oh, I like that. And he that. really, he really he fights was. to the death. But imagine 10 years of frustration and anger. And the thing is, if you could just sit down with these people and be like, why does it have to be this way? Why can't we just say all the females are going, we're going to put together a system where they're just, they're fine. They're safe. They get to live their lives. We make set up a situation in the future where they get to choose if they would like to, you know, either become pregnant and essentially become baby making machines. I know that sounds terrible. And I'm saying if you're an adult woman in that world and You know, there's some organized system of you deciding, well, I realize there's only, you know, 20,000 women on the whole planet. I will be a person who will have a lot of children. I know that sounds crazy, but we're talking about science fiction here. Or you could be the woman who's like, I just want to run a place like an organization or a big house where women can come and be safe without guns and without all the stuff. And we can just have a new society where... It's just unbalanced like this, and we go from there. But instead, we're in a society where it's just plain dangerous. Like, there's no other option, it seems. And that's been on his mind, like, the whole time. It sounds like he's the kind of guy who would want to reason with everybody. Yeah. And the failing of that in every encounter that you come up against, it would just be like, you would have no hope. So I felt like that was reflected in his... Trying not to be violent, just run away from the situation, and then when the shit hit the fan, 
it was it was time for all of his frustration to come out. Did you know she was a girl right off the bat? Yeah. I I wasn't like, you know, she's done up like a boy. Mhm. I actually didn't think even about her being a girl or a, a boy until stuff Well, that first from. conversation. Right. Yeah. They talked about it. The very first conversation after the story. Oh, after the story, yeah. Yeah. Well, during the story, did you? I was I didn't even yeah. think about it. Oh, I didn't even think about it. I was like, oh. I mean, I just think I was like, there's this guy camping with his daughter. I but mean, I, I didn't really think about it. Other, like, it was just superficially. During the movie when I was thinking, well, people better not figure out she's a girl. And then I was like, now, but she really looks like a girl. Like, when you look at her face. But she kept her head down and stuff. Put but on then, the stupid cap that she didn't like to wear. Yeah. And she tried to walk like her dad and stuff. So she didn't quite, up until the moment, like I said, when she, it all dawns on her. Up until that moment, I don't feel like she, he had kind of sheltered her in a way. Yeah. From the real sharp truth. And in that last bit, it was like she, her eyes were opened and, oh, what a life. What a story. So talking of the cast, um, Anna Panowski plays Rag. She's the little girl. What and Rag is short for Raggedy Ann. So it for is. for anyone who wants to claim that it's a sexist term, that's how it's described in the movie. Correct. She was very good. Very good. She had oh to carry a goodness. lot of the movie. Right? She was insanely good. Yeah. And uh, she's only been in a couple of other things. One, One's a horror movie, but... Um, and Affleck, I mean, he's good. He's... He's challenging. He can be up his own ass occasionally, and you feel like, eh, this is about Casey being Casey. But for the character, I've totally bought it. Just like, you know, Manchester by the Sea, I totally buy that character. It's a similar kind of character, though. Um, he similar. does like to play kind of a broody, kind of kind of internally angry kind of dude. True, true. Who keeps it in and tries not to, you know, tries to look good on the outside, but I think that's his thing. Maybe that's what he is. <laughs> Maybe. <yeah. laughs> uh, I mean, no, he did write it and direct it and performed it. He so. did. And he was excellent. I'm, I'm a fan of Casey Affleck. I really like the stuff he does. Um, and in this, I think he, well, you know, when you write and direct and act, you've kind of tailored it around yourself anyway, probably, right? It so feels like it. It just felt right. Uh, Elizabeth Moss plays mom. If you blink, you'll miss her. She, no, it's, it's not like the Invisible Man that we watched the other week. Oh God, oh my God, that was so. That wasn't great. It was all right. It was okay. But what I'm saying is, she's she's briefly in here. I mean, well, I mean, it's flashbacks. Women die in this because movie. she's not. A, you know, all yeah. the women, almost all the women have died. So you get a couple of scenes with her, maybe two or three, not many. But um, I like her, mm-hmm. and and there's something about her when she shows up. I was like, oh. Elizabeth Moss is in this. I I like her, but then you don't get a ton with her, do you? You don't get any grandiose acting parts. Well, maybe you do when she's saying about like what you should do when I'm not here. It's pretty sad. Yeah. And then finally, Tom Bauer as Tom. (laughs) They meet these guys in this Yeah, but there's a bunch of other individuals too that had names. He's the only one that talked the most, I guess. Yeah, he's the one that you'll you'll know Tom Bauer. Um, And he... You know, you don't know. You don't know about anybody in this movie. You're like, are they good, bad? I don't I don't know. I don't even want to go in there with them. That's okay. the thing about life these days, though, in real life. You never know what's behind someone's, like, little facade. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many hot topics and so polarizing that even on a smaller scale, not even like this, where your daughter's life could be in jeopardy, right? That's a hor- that's like a horrible extreme. Right. But even now, you could be in a group of people and say, somebody might say, these protesters are a bunch of criminals, right? That's a comment someone would make. And you might say, I would say, well, actually, the protesters are not the criminals, right? It's like the criminals are the criminals and the people protesting are Protesting. And yes, some of them are going to crisscross and some are full of shit and da da da. But I mean, actual protesting is not a criminal act. And instantly that person could turn on you. And I mean, in an extreme, you are rejected. You are one of them. You are blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's so cutting 
there's these little ideas that divide us, you know? Yeah. That's kind of the vibe I got where he didn't know. You could just be starting to talk to somebody who seems like a decent human being. And before you know it, they want to kidnap your daughter and put her in a woman prison. I mean, you know. Yeah, such as the guy in when they go to get the food. Mm-hmm. The guy looks, you know, you look at him, you're like, okay, it's all right. And then he says something, you're like, whoa, these people in this world are... A- and he described it so beautifully that the guy said things that he thinks... He's trying to put you down or put someone else down, but he wants to also pretend to be nice and he wants you to think he's being nice, yeah. but also know that he's insulting you. It's so complicated, but yeah. it was right on the money. So he has to cover that, like racism, and he has to cover things with his daughter that she hasn't really encountered. Yeah, she yet. wouldn't have no idea about yeah. any of that. She's only been surviving for Concept. 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, extras on this Blu ray, there are zero extras on this Blu ray. Not even one tiny little thing. That makes sense, though. Not even a trailer. That's so, fine. You're just getting the movie. So IMDb reviews. Explain. <gasps> you find reviews that are one star and read them because if they don't like the movie, we like to make fun of them for being like really outrageous. And if they do like the movie or we agree with them for not liking the movie, then we're like, yeah, that makes sense. So these are the uh, people opposite to us, because we really like this. Um, these are the ones that really don't like this. <laughs> so, um, Mr. ATI48644 says, Great movie, if you want to die of boredom. This five-minute intro story should have ended there. <laughs> and uh, Like I said, Kyle says, This movie is utterly pointless. What a waste of two hours. Nothing happens. Who could possibly decide to make this? Do not waste your time. There's no punctuation. A waste of time. Yes. Hmm. This guy says, boring slow with non-existent action. The action in this movie takes place in the last 10 minutes. And even then, the girl, spoilers, the girl saves the day. She's definitely smarter than her idiot dad. Okay. So you watched it and then you took the time of your life to be snarky about it. This movie is one hour and 50 minutes of people talking in a tent. Did you have it on slow motion? (laughs) They weren't in a tent for the whole time. (laughs) This guy says, what a waste of my life. And he spells waste, W-A-I-S-T. He says, I can't read the other reviews. I can't say it any better. Well, then don't write anything. (laughs) This could have been great. But instead... They all had no survival training. Jesus. Why would you? Okay, if something really horrible in that happened in the world right this second, you and I have not had survival training. We would be like, we know what we know, and then we're going to have to wing it from there, right? I only know what I know from movies. And I only know what I know, yeah, from movies, some documentary stuff, some gardening and then just sort of common sense. I know if you drive your car at 88 mile an hour, you go to the future. Oh, was it 88? Yes. Okay. I know. What else do I know? <laughs> if velociraptors are coming in, you just stay still. Okay. These are good survival <laughs> skills. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> These people weren't expecting for a pandemic to kill half the world. This man was not expecting that. He would, If he was survivally trained then we would have to have lines in the movie and some throwback flashbacks to him owning a survival store or him being in the army or something that explained why this guy knows everything about survival but he doesn't he's just winging it and so i I was told i actually really appreciated that also i know this if there's a horde of zombies Mm. you just ride a really loud motorcycle around (laughs) in a circle And everything will be good. And then down the road and let them follow you? Yes. Okay. Right. I learned everything from the Rick Grimes school. Or another horde of zombies trick is to smear zombie guts on you. If an alien, if you find an alien, Mm -hmm. don't let your mom see it. Don't let your mom see it. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Don't let the parents that's a, ever. That's a little obscure. <laughs> <laughs> if... You ready? Mm. If you're swimming in the sea and there's a shark, don't swim in the sea. (laughs) Well, I'm not sure if that's a good tip because (laughs) you're already there. Well, I'm giving you the tip before you go and do that. 
Okay. Don't do that. And then Jaws would never happen. Okay. Any other tips you have for surviving? Surviving, <laughs> yes. I know I can drink my own pee. That I learned from Bear Grylls. Yes. I also, I, I can do an I mean, animal, I don't want to, but I want... A bum enema? Didn't he show us how to do an animal? That was just for hydrating a person who's so un... Like, maybe can't even do it themselves. Can't remember how to do it, though. I know you put something in your bum. <laughs> like your water bottle? Yeah, you bottle? have to have like a bag of water or a bag of fluid to oh. and a tube. So it's not like you're going to be prepared for that anyway. You're not going to carry that in your backpack. No. Oh, See, we could. are totally prepared. <laughs> what about if you... Do you know how to start a fire with nothing? Well, hold on. I'm still on the enema. Okay. okay. If we don't have the tools for it, but we do have the water, could you blow it into the bottom <laughs> from the mouth? I don't think I'm going to... Um... Corona? I don't think I'm going to... Um... <laughs> yeah, I'm going to just leave that one alone. And what about... Because now that image is in everyone. <laughs> Well, in, They're like, hmm, I want to see Bear Grylls do that one. In my mind, Bear Grylls is having it done to him by He's like, oh, of course you can do that, but they wouldn't let me do it on TV. Yeah. <laughs> um, we laugh, but we else? will die if we have to survive. I can start a fire without anything. You just rub two sticks together. You say that, but you never have. It looks very difficult. It looks like you would have no hands left before it had finished. Yeah. So, yeah. no, we wouldn't survive. And I um, um, also I know that you need cardio. I don't have cardio. Well, you, you that's from Zombie Land. I don't. I couldn't run from here to the end of our driveway, and that's not a very long driveway. So I would be lunch right off the bat, so everyone else could keep running. So at least I would contribute something to society by sacrificing my fat butt for everyone else. All right. So <laughs> how do we get on this topic of survival? Because someone's claiming this guy doesn't know how to survive. No one really does, except the hardcore people, and he's doing a pretty exactly. good job. So that's the IMDb reviews for this week. They sucked. Hmm. So I, I'll give this a score. I'll give it a seven. I think it's really good. Oh, I'll give it like eight and a half. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just think I was really engaged. I was totally into it. Um, I understand Casey Affleck can be exceedingly serious at times, and it gets a little bit wearing. But then you have to think of this person that he's created, this character, the world he's living in. The circumstance. And then the flashbacks show us the wife has to convince him, because he's broken at this point, right right before she dies, that he cannot go on. So he's not a person who's like, I can handle this. You know, we'll be fine. He wasn't like that at all. He was totally broken by the death of his wife and probably his mother, his sisters, every woman around him, right? Yeah. He wasn't Mr. Like powerhouse at all. So I have to think of that character also, who's just not made for that world and yet 10 years later he's still going and so i kind of i have a little respect for that a lot of respect for that character all right movie recommendations i am going off the back of this one so i'm going for manchester by the sea which is this oscar winning performance by casey affleck correct excellent movie um but if you're looking for a happy-go-lucky afternoon <laughs> it's not the movie do right. not <laughs> no it's pretty depressing but it's good. I don't feel like it's depressing, though. I feel the opposite. It's very hopeful. I think it's hopeful. good depressing, though. Like It's, it's, like, very... you li- it's like you lived something. Yes. It really digs in your guts, and you're like, oh, man. And my other one is another independent-style movie from Lionsgate, and it's A Ghost Story. Yeah. Which is also a Casey Affleck joint. Also one of those that would split the crowd. Yeah. But I really liked the concept of that, and I liked how it was handled. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people didn't like the fact that she ate a pie for about seven minutes on the screen. <laughs> you probably didn't like that either because you don't like... I don't like to listen to people eat. No, it's disgusting. All I mean, filmmakers listening, trust me, you're not being artsy or making a statement of any kind. We all know people eat and we all make sounds. We don't need to see it in the movie. So a ghost story does have gratuitous pie eating. <laughs> so if you don't like that, you won't like that movie. Uh, so what are yours? Mine are, because for 2020, I'm just going back 100 years and 50 years to give you movies that were made in 1920 and 1970, and the first one from 1920 is called Sex. Uh, is it yeah. a porno? Uh, pardon? Is it a 1920s pornography? Uh, it doesn't say that it's a porno. It says a Broadway actress uses her sex appeal to ruin a marriage only to dump her lover for a richer prospect. Oh. Right. That old Another story. female empowerment movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I know nothing about it. I've looked at some of the pictures. It looks very dramatic. I'm certain that it's a uh, silent movie because it lists the orchestras that played in the different venues. So It's as, a tale as old as time. But it is called Sex, and it is from 1920. And I was looking through the images on IMDb, and it has a picture of one um, theater, like the outside of the cinema. And it's just covered. <laughs> like the whole thing has just got sex all over it. It was really, at the time, you know, we all think, oh, we've invented the tawdriness of talking about sex, but we haven't. And then my other one is from 1970, which is called The Moonshine Wars. And I didn't look that one up, so I don't know what that is. I'll give it a guess. It's about um, Prohibition. Hmm. Probably. The Moonshine War. I apologize. Singular. Prohibition. A federal agent attempts to make some real money before the alcohol ban is lifted. So he sets his sights on a whiskey cash of an old army buddy. Well, it sounds like a jerk. See? Prohibition. So, prohibition. So uh, that was from 1970. And it looks like it's black and white. Let me look at the pictures. Mm-hmm. It's got Alan Alda. And that guy. And that guy. And those people that you've probably seen. Yeah, Alan Alda. Well, there you go. Just Alan Alda. Uh, no, some other people that, you know. All right. Are in lots of things back in the 70s. All right, so um, this week, A Scully Stuff, I've been playing the game The Last of Us Part 2. Sid Talk has also <laughs> been watching. Let's just say, let's just tell everybody, as yeah. we were watching this movie unfold, it lit- yes. we both were like, whoa, <laughs> I, this, this is almost The Last of Us. This movie, I, I, I think in parts, if you were just shown like certain scenes, you might think it's a Last of Us movie. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's very... The design is all is very similar too, like the clothes. It's, po- and- it's after the fall of society. Like, excuse me, I'm not bored. I'm not tired. Just yawning for some reason. Anyway, but after the fall of society, when you know you've got a girl, and there's a disease, and there's immunity, and then there's terrible people. You know, it's kind of all blurs together. So, um, The Last of Us 2, uh, you don't often watch me play video games, Mm-mm. but you did watch me play the whole of The Last of Us, the first one. True. And you love the story. I'll speak for you. You really loved the story. <laughs> Thanks. You were attached to Joel and Ellie, weren't you? you sure. You, you, you really liked the- Not invested like you are, but yeah. You it was a good like story. story. Uh, did, did you know that it's, uh, HBO are um, making a Last of Us television show? I believe it. Yeah, it's actually in development. It's going to look like this movie. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, I don't know if it follows the story of the games or it's a whole new deal, but it's in that universe. Anyway, we've started playing The Last of Us Part 2 without any major spoilers. How are you liking it? I really love it. It's just, it's a fun, I mean. I mean, we could say, we could, we could nah, say. Would, I'm not going to spoil anything in this game. Let's just. Well, we haven't actually experienced it all anyway yet, have we? You didn't have any spoilers, and I think it's only fair not to pass on any, accidentally. Mm. Yeah. I just think it's really, it's a well-told story. It's another one of those things where you have to get your mind into the, if this were the situation of the current world, if this had happened, yes, it's fiction, but if it happened. What happened, by the way? Uh, I don't know the origin. You said they never told us, but I think they did tell us in the first game at Well, they some just point. told us that there was a pandemic. Right, but it's not really that. There's some kind of spore that makes people mushrooms makes people into like uh like It's actually a, it's actually you're just, not a zombie, but you're kind of like your brain it's based on that uh It's real, yeah. The real the zombie wasp, I think it was, that will get on top of a, the other bug, infiltrate its brain, put its larva in there, and then it controls that Yes. Other insect to go where it wants it to go to get the food to feed the larva. And that was the idea here, that these spores go in the human and then the human just becomes sort of like a... A, a what? A, like a puppet, like a control Yeah, thing. like a percolator. Because at some point it's going to break down and then poof, shoot the spores out, right? Yeah. And then it just keeps propagating itself. And so these people aren't like zombies. There's all different types. There's runners and bloaters and all kinds and so in that world, and you when you're playing, you know, you play a game for a lot more hours than you make watch a movie. So yes. you kind of just have to get your mind in it and be like, wow, survival yet again would be terrifying. Yeah. Right? If you weren't relying on a group of people to protect you, or you weren't the guy who wanted to be, or the gal who wanted to be like, God, I'm the protector, right? And as a unit. But if you're just on your own in that world, terrifying. Yeah, you're really up against it, aren't you, as uh, Ellie in this mm-hmm. game? I mean... 
stuff's coming at you from all angles. Everything. Infected, regular people. People jerks. jerks. There's always people jerks. Always people jerks. Big beefy guys with sledgehammers. Yeah. All kinds of stuff coming at you. Um, So you've got to adapt and survive. It's a survival game, but it's very narrative driven, right? It's not just run about and kill stuff. It's There's a big story in it. Yeah. Which is continuing from the first one. Um, And I've been shocked about twice so far. Like, actually, oh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this story is pretty good. It's um, It doesn't hold any punches, pull any punches. It's just violent. Oh, definitely. I mean, very violent. Like, There's just lots of killing to survive. Yeah. But uh it's beautifully um executed. Like it looks amazing. I like the new feature of riding about on the horses. You know that whole level near the beginning where you're going around and you're marking stuff off the map? Mm-hmm. I really like that, but we aren't doing that anymore. That just seems to be a one-off thing, right? Like a that was like just one no, little I mean, section. it's got to be there's got to be variety because if every single thing was you go in this building, you kill all the things and then you come out of the building and then you go to the next building and then you kill all the stuff and then uh, now yeah. that that was more of a treasure hunt of sorts. Yeah, it was so. like an like a big open area where you can kind of tackle it anyway. You know, I mean, you still had to go in buildings and kill a bunch of stuff, yeah, but <laughs> it but, had a plan. But like, they have this cool thing where they tell a story through, not through a cutscene or through, but it's through like notes that you find. And I'll refer you to uh, Boris's story. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of like a, a, a trail of breadcrumbs that mo- I reckon a lot of players will maybe only hit one of the breadcrumbs, not all of them. Yeah, because you walk around in every single room. If you go to every room of every building, some rooms have nothing in it to gain. You're just walking around hoping you find weapons and ammunition. Just like every game like that, right? Yeah. And then you might walk into a little closet that's through a door down a hall over to the left. And the only thing in there is a piece of paper laying on the top of a shelf. And then you pick it up and you read it. Now, if you'd never gone down that hallway or gone into that whole building, you wouldn't get any of that. So no. it's fascinating that people can finish the game without knowing all the stuff. Yeah, so you, you know, like, I'm pretty meticulous looking for stuff. You can say that. <laughs> but um, sometimes I feel like I do miss things, like, because sometimes you have to run away from stuff. And, I think, and I'm thinking to myself as I'm running, oh, my God, this whole room here that I'm running through, I bet it's got stuff in it, but I'm not staying, sticking around. I'm leaving. I'm getting out this door. So, yeah, but there's stories that are told through these notes, and you get to a picture of this world, you know? Yeah, of the people who've lived through whatever Just horrible is. stuff. Like like when we removed the uh, dumpster from in front of the garage door. Mm-hmm. There's a whole story playing, taking place inside there that we learned about kind of after the fact. We did the thing, and then we found a note, and was like, oh, stuff And happened. it's not that it changes the game but also but it excuse me it does contribute to you finding more ammo surviving the next onslaught things like that so i don't know how you could get through this whole game without finding all that unless it was you just made it so hard on yourself and you what hardness did you pick normal right which is there's one two three there's five levels of difficulty so it's level three right so then what would hard be Hard would be there's virtually no ammo. Like, you've got one or two shots all the time. And maybe no clues? I mean, that it seems like help. Could you expect a person to get through this game No, you'd without- still get all the clues and everything. It'd just be really limited resources. So, I mean, it wouldn't be impossible at any point. They can't, like, throw you in a boss fight and you've got nothing. Right. Because then you couldn't progress at all. And you all. can't go backwards. So you can't go back and no. get more training and get more ammo. You there's It cuts you off from it's that. It's a linear kind of path, yeah. really, isn't it? You get to a new point and then the old point is gone. <laughs> like you're just I would just say, if you like long, long games with lots of killing and gore and a good story, you might try it. I mean, it's a big investment. It's a, it's, I think it's um like... A third longer than the original game. So it's substantial. It's got a good amount of content for sure and a good amount of story. And, you know, you can tell it's like multi million dollar game. It's not everything about it is really good. Like the voice acting, the motion capture, 
the graphics, the sounds. I mean, I have a couple complaints, but, you know, overall. Why are you complaints? That most every single clicker, clicker runner, whatever they are, are the same. Yeah, like the it's character It's the same model. one over yeah. and over and over and over and over. And I think, really? You spent seven years making this? No. And everything else looks so amazing that you can't make 20 different versions of that thing? I mean, it gets a little bit like, what? What I am... Um... It might be a uh, technical like thing of you know memory or whatever. Like, nah, because you know, look at the places where you are. You've just you just walk through twelve rooms that look so incredibly different. That's true. And the settings are like lush forests and big cities and all that kind of stuff. So that'd be my. That's the only thing I feel like they rushed or they just didn't get around to doing. I don't know. And it I was the to- same in the first game. Every clicker looked the same and every there was about two I guess it makes them more identifiable because you are dealing with human live people and clickers. Yeah, and this this new breed of uh, infected, the stalker. Oh my Fuck gosh. that thing. <laughs> it's like intelligent uh, clicker. I mean, they're people who got infected. Right. And so something has happened to their brain to make them turn into like a sneaky little bug Yeah, or so when, when I come up against a clicker, as I know from the first game, I can creep very creepily. They can't see because the heads are completely infested. So you can creep up and stab them in the back of the head and game over for the clicker. And you kind of know how you can deal with them. These stalker ones, I don't know <laughs> how to deal with them. I still don't understand how to because they... I shoot a one and it takes a sidestep. It knows that you're shooting at it, right? You're just going to have to learn. And then you try and hit it, and it runs away and goes and hides in a corner or something and then comes back at another angle at you. It's very scary. They're jerks. <laughs> Absolute jerks. So that's The Last of Us Part 2. We will be going through it and finally get we'll get to the end and see what happens. And then right when we finished it, we will definitely do a, like a spoiler discussion there because I think it's an excellent story so far anyway. The first one was a masterpiece story for me. So, I mean, I play enough video games to know that most of them have really shitty stories. You know, like they're not wrote. Yeah. Most video games are not wrote like movies. They're not actually that good a quality, the, the acting. And, but this one is. It's just like a movie. So um, what is for dinner? Tonight, change of pace. I'm going to just make some spaghetti. Is it vegetarian? It's vegetarian. We're telling you what we eat because we're vegetarian and not every vegetarian is healthy and, uh, you know, animal loving, tree hugging, all the things you think. Vegetarian? No. I am a round middle-aged woman. We like junk food. We just haven't eaten meat for 10 years. It's not the big a deal. And tonight I'm going to make spaghetti because I bought some new spaghetti sauce. We have those, um, what are they called? They're like a spicy... We're gonna, I call it fake chicken. Uh, some people are offended by that, but it is what it is, like a patty, but it's spicy. So you can make like chicken, oh, yeah. chicken parmesan, but without any parmesan and without any chicken. It's great. Mm. <laughs> um, we Also, before we uh, go into your stuff, uh, we, we're still watching The X-Files. We actually... Oh, yeah. We're uh, see, season three, episode two now. And uh, it's really fun to rewatch it. It really is, because I've forgotten most of it. Yeah, I mean, you're going to, aren't you? There was 172 episodes, and they were also aired, what, 20 years ago? <laughs> and I never revisited to watch them again, like I have with Star Trek. So, right. yeah, I so don't So it's really fun. Like, every, every one that comes on, I'm like, I don't really know what this is going to be. And then I vaguely recall... Most of Sometimes them. all of a sudden you go, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah like this <laughs> Oh, that's what's going to An actor will walk on the screen and I'll be like, oh, this is the one with Hank from Breaking Bad. I know this one. Hank from Breaking Bad. Hank from Breaking Bad's <laughs> in one of them. And he might as well just be Hank, right? Even the, Seemed like it. Even the outfit he's wearing is Hank. So, um, yeah, that's my stuff. What is your stuff? My stuff is uh, nothing, really. Just, I get... <sighs> I'm not a big fan <sighs> of, <laughs> I think I have a dual, I don't know if it's a split in my brain. I don't know what it is. I'm impressed with humanity as with all natural things in the world that were very innovative and creative and compassionate and all that kind of stuff. We build crazy, amazing engineered things. We, on the lowest common denominator, we are still the most compassionate, helpful to one another. We care, right? And then Correct. there's all the horrible shit that we do. 
And usually the horrible shit that we do to one another or to our environment or, I mean, those are the only two things, right? To each other or to the whole of the world. Um, is because we think something matters or that it's important or we feel it's important or we believe it, an idea in your head. And then you will act in a way that is destructive and horrible and hateful just because of that idea in your head that at some point, something, somebody, a book, a person, your whole life of maybe being um, indoctrinated into this idea that it matters. And it only matters because someone told you it does or because you have decided it does. That doesn't mean it matters in the whole of the world and all of the universe, right? That, and I don't know how to distill this into, like, there's not just one thing that makes me want to tell people, like, right, so you have that idea. I get it. This is important to you. And if we discuss it, we can, I can see the impact on others. I get it. I get it. It matters to you. But just because it matters to you and maybe to a group of people, it doesn't mean it actually matters to everyone. And I don't think it should, other than the idea that every person, does have like sort of a, like, you should have a life to be able to thrive, to be as healthy as possible, to make choices and where you are to gain or not gain or just live on a hill or learn this, that and the other or travel around the world or become a insanely genius engineer to build the most amazing thing the humans have ever seen or just, you know, have a garden in your backyard and never leave your little plot of land your entire life. Or wear a dress, regardless of what gender you're assigned. Or marry whoever you, two of you have fallen in love and want to make a life together. Or, you know, build a humongous billion dollar business that requires a lot of efforts and a lot of education and a lot of logistics and moving parts. Because you want to have for yourself a big mansion or a nicer car or you just want a different lifestyle. I'm all, I'm on board with all that. Right? But just because you want the mansion yeah. and it matters to you doesn't mean it matters to that person over there. And just because you don't want people of the same sex to get married to each other and that matters to you, it doesn't really matter in the world and in all of history and all of time. It's a very singular idea that by you deciding that for everyone else, you've just eliminated the freedom of some other humans in this planet and in all of billions of years we're going to exist to make choices for their own life because you've decided someone told you that it mattered to be like to have that idea in your head and it it doesn't maybe it matters in your life so guess what if you're a dude and you don't want mar- dudes to marry dudes i know this is going to be really earth-shattering advice don't marry a dude <laughs> like It's very simple. Correct. It's extremely, exceptionally simple. If you don't want to wear a dress because you, you're a dude and you decide, I don't know, I don't want to wear a dress and your neighbor does, why do you care? Because it matters to you that all the men wear pants and shirts and look alike? Because guess what? That doesn't matter to everyone. And on these very basic levels, you can keep um, multiplying that up and up and up. And yes, there is no perfect world. We will never have a utopia. Everyone won't be happy and the world won't be just. I do not believe in world peace. I don't believe in a just humanity. I just don't think that's possible. That's my bleak side. <laughs> but on the hopeful side, if you if some people just stop themselves and let go of some of those things they think matters around their neighbors and their loved ones and their grandchildren and people just in general... It would make your life so much better. It really would. And that's what I would hope for everybody. It's just, you know, it can matter to you and it doesn't have to matter to someone else and vice versa. So. Well said. Kind of. For this day and age. Kind of. But I don't know. That's not really advice. (laughs) All right. So um, I want to tell you about our website, ascoli.com. You can go there, click on the word podcast. And you'll be able to subscribe with a numerous plethora of items to, you know, places. Google Play, iTunes, Music Store, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, 
can catch us on Instagram and Facebook. Email aschoolyaschoolly.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She doesn't want none of your guff. <laughs> no guff. And, um, your guff doesn't matter to me. <laughs> but it's fine if it matters to you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And uh, finally, stay classy, Mr. Casey Affleck. This I don't know how great- classy is overall, but I'm saying for making movies, he kind of hits great- the mark, yeah. Um, this was his... He did direct another film, the one with Joaquin Phoenix. But we didn't see that one, and it seemed kind of weird. <laughs> Listen to you, <laughs> judgmental. So, um, Are you a one-star reviewer now? I am for that one, even though I didn't see it. So there you go. Stay classy, Mr. Casey Affleck. And I'm going to say, think for yourself, because if you don't do it, someone will do it for you. <laughs> <laughs>